I'm Rob. I'm Joy. And you're listening to Key Light. This week, we're talking about Skate the Infinity, uh, kind of an iconic show that's been floating around the internet sphere in the past couple years. So, when did it yeah. come out? I actually don't know. I think it was 2020. Okay. It was Yeah, it was released 2020. Yeah. And I just saw that it's confirmed for a season two, so stay tuned for that. Yeah. But Skate the Infinity is overall just like a really fun, entertaining show to watch. If you wanted to dig deeper though, like we do, there's a lot to be said about what it means to compete and how to have a healthy relationship with whatever sport you're involved in. Yeah. At first glance, this show is little more than a campy sports anime with a, a bright color scheme, but it actually presents a really fascinating look into the unique relationships that you form between people um, who play the same sport and the relationship one has with the sport. A lot of people have tried skateboarding at one point in their lives, myself included. But even for people who haven't, they can still enjoy this anime. Skating is super dynamic, which makes it perfect for the animation style. And the series has all the other elements of a fun, light-hearted series. A dynamic friend group, some classic side characters to add color, and unnecessarily dramatic dialogue. Even if you don't feel the need to overanalyze like us, you can watch the show and come away with a smile. I mean, to be fair, overanalyzing is part of why our show even exists. <laughs> and part of why I even suggest that we talk about the show is because it, it appears very simple at first glance. But even within that simplicity, there's a lot to explore and think about, whether that be with relationships with your friends, relationship one has with their sport, and finding balance between those two. Yeah. And as an athlete, I appreciate the second layer of Skate the Infinity that touches on the mental aspects of sports, because it's an important part that doesn't get talked about as much as the physical ability part. Two characters are used to display these ideas more specifically. Reki's arc is a great example of reframing one's relationship to the sport, and Longa's arc is about finding the balance between competitive drive and having fun. I can say. Right now. I'm having fun. Reki just loves to skate. That's basically his whole character. He doesn't care about anything else except his board because it's his form of happiness. It takes time to master. But you master the impossible. And each time you learn something new, it's fulfilling and fun. Plus, there's nothing like skating alongside a good friend. And when he finds someone to share his happiness with in Langa, he has a blast, teaching Langa all the basics, marveling at his snowboarding tricks on the racetrack. These are the parts of the show where Reki is in his element. But as the show progresses, the stakes change. It's not just about having fun with friends and trying to beat the local bully Shadow. It turns into getting beat up and kind of sexually harassed by Adam seeing Langa completely eclipse him in skating talent and becoming a shadow himself in the community that he once loved and cared for. It's overwhelming for Reki, and that's understandable. So he withdraws, he cuts contact with Langa, basically stops skating, and he becomes the shell of his former self. Of course, Reki knows he should be cheering on Langa's success, but both his own perceived failure and Langa's blatant success in comparison, it trashes his self-esteem to the point that he can't. And it sucks to introduce someone to one of your passions only for them to completely outshine you, as it does with Reki and Langa. And as nice as it is to watch that person succeed, it's also incredibly painful to watch someone's potential bloom far beyond what yours is when you're the one who unlocked that potential. After a lot of reflection and some classic anime well-timed advice from other characters, Reki rediscovers that truth that he stated at the beginning of the show. 
that he doesn't skate to be better than others. He doesn't skate for fame or to win. He skates because, like he said, it's just fun. And it's even better to have fun with friends, right? During his withdrawal, Reki's reminiscing on the ordinary parts of skating. He's watching videos from the past of him and Longa messing up, not them nailing these crazy tricks, going through the trial and error process. Because that's the fun part. It's not being good. It's being together. Ah, yes. The power of friendship. The backbone of any good sports anime. (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't love a good friendship? Now, the other side of this pair is Langa, the newly christened quote-unquote SNOW, in all caps, who is a skateboarding prodigy. Am I seeing this? He avoided the hug. Like it was no problem. I've never seen that technique before. That dude's a freak. And with Longa's sudden jump in skateboarding ability, he finds himself in a situation that tons of competitive athletes go through, finding a balance between the fun that Reki strives for and the desire to be the best that's represented by Adam. In the back half of the show, Longa finds himself drawn to that weird, creepy character of Adam in a way that he can't really explain. When Reki pushes him to deny the race, the beef, against Adam, Longa basically says that he has to do it simply because the challenge is there. There's no question of whether or not he should do it in Longa's mind. Even if it's dangerous, his competitive drive basically ignores it. In the final two episodes where Longa and Adam enter the quote-unquote alternative universe, which is just an exaggerated metaphor for the zone, Longa realizes that focusing completely on competition and winning leaves him all alone. Without including the fun and the friends, who will be there to support him when he wins? When he realizes this, Longa creates the second sports theme of this show. That without his father, snowboarding never would have had as much meaning. And without Reki and his friends, skateboarding never will be either. This journey of finding balance between fun and competition also plays out in Mia's arc, albeit a little bit differently. From the flashbacks, we're shown that Mia started out by having fun with his friends, but after completely eclipsing them with his talent, he was left all alone with just his skills and the desire to win to be the best. And that's why when we meet Mia, he's introduced as this angry, lonely kid And he has to learn from Reki and Langa how to have fun with skating again. Exactly. It was a great decision to include the second demonstration of the theme. And it's my favorite part of this show. Not only does Skate the Infinity have these real-life sports themes, but it also uses its strong characters to explore more personal lessons. Going back to Langa, much like the show, Langa appears to be this very cardboard cutout sports anime stereotype, the prodigy. But if you go back and take another look, there's a lot more to unpack. He's the new kid. He's mourning the recent loss of his father. He's just moved to a new country. And Reki really takes him under his wing after a, albeit hilarious, first encounter. For Longa, skateboarding isn't just something he picks up to bond with Reki, but a way to hold onto the memory of his father and how they used to snowboard together. Yeah, I think it's too easy to think that Longa is just that new prodigy. But the most interesting parts of his character aren't his inhuman skateboarding abilities, although those are pretty sick for the entertainment part. They're the relationships he forms with the other characters of show. That's the part that's most interesting. Exactly. The relationship dynamics between all the characters, it, it's really what drives the show. Of course, you have the Reki and Longa dynamic at the forefront that drives the main plot forward. But the other relationships aren't any less important. There's the Cherry Joe dynamic with their past with Adam and how their intertwined pasts really drive the present day S dynamics. There's Reki and Longa's relationship with Mia, like we mentioned previously, and how they show Mia that despite his incredible talent, he's allowed to let loose and be a kid and have fun and that not every friendship will betray him. And even the rivalry that Shadow and Reki have and how it morphs into a friendship, all of these relationships is what drives the story forward. Of course, there's still a plot outside of the character dynamics and interactions. But Skate the Infinity is really a character-driven show. 
which I don't think we see too much of in sports anime. Yeah, it's unique, but it works so well for the show. I really wanted to talk about the Reki Langa Mia relationship in particular because Mia is sort of this character that's introduced without another half. Reki has Langa, Cherry has Joe, even Adam has Sadashi. I mean, there's also Shadow, but he kind of has his own redemption arc thing going on that ends up with him becoming sort of a mentor figure to Mia and also this whole side romance thing going on. My point is, Mia's past with other kids who skated with him didn't go well for him because their jealousy of his innate talent made them all walk away. Reki displays that same jealousy towards Langa and towards Mia, but unlike the people from Mia's past, Reki comes back. He finds his own place within the group and finds confidence within his own skills, and it shows both Langa and Mia, both of whom have lost people, that not everyone who leaves is gone forever and that some people do come back. All right, now into cultural impact. I think there's only one thing about this show that we need to talk about. The one that I told you about because you hadn't watched the dub, which I mean, it's probably the best. I told you to watch the sub, but... The sub, I think the sub... Okay, here's the thing with all anime, most anime. The sub will be more emotionally accurate, probably. But man, sometimes those dub actors... There's gold. They, they're geniuses. I gotta hand it to them. Especially the one, especially Adam, episode eight in this series, Skate the Infinity. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. But go for it. We'll, we'll see if we put the line in. But that, I think, is probably the best part of this show. Yeah. We're Bitches. not gonna say it. We're not gonna say it outright. It's okay. just if you know, okay, yeah. we're if not you, know say you know, you know, and we might put the clip in there. We might put the clip in there at the end. It'll yeah. be the outro. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that was really funny. That's just a great example of like English dubs being able to put their own little funny spin on anime. The other part of this show that I saw was talked about a lot is the queer baiting or queer coding uh, going on. But even though I have to pop in and specify queer baiting yeah, and queer ahead. coding are two very different things. I'm not going to go into details on how, why they're like the difference with differences between them mm-hmm. just know that they are different queer baiting generally bad queer coding not usually a problem it just depends on how it's used yeah continue you can look it up yourself on google yeah but with with even those things like outside of your mind i think one of the first websites that i looked that i saw when i looked up skate the infinity was a shipping wikipedia and i'm pretty sure every single combination of characters possible was listed on that website i just found it really funny that legal combinations legal 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 combinations those i just find it really funny that people are like invested so much in the show that they'll like extend it to all those different possible combinations like i'm personally never in a fandom that intensely but i just i just find it fascinating so and my, a little bit weird. my cultural I'll impact, <laughs> at least what I have to say for this section, is a little bit long-winded, but I promise there's a point. So <laughs> I actually have a pretty funny story on how I ended up watching the show to begin with. Um, Rob, you mentioned earlier that you're an athlete, as am I. I played volleyball through middle school and high school. And as a lot of players end up doing, I ended up coaching. I coached volleyball during my senior year of high school at my old volleyball club. I was basically a nepotism hire, but I was good at my job, so it's fine. So <laughs> this show came out in 2020, so I'm 17. We're a year into this pandemic. And I'm an assistant coach for my club team at the 14th level. I promise this is relevant. Anyway, so I'm coaching and some of my players ask me if I watch anime. And of course I say yes, because I do. And they ask me if I've seen Skate the Infinity, which was airing at the time, to which I respond, no, of course not. What are you talking about? And so they essentially demand that I watch it. And I say no a little bit out of spite, but then I get really bored and kind of curious. So I ended up watching it late at night, like on a whim. 
I think only the first like seven or eight episodes were out at that point, like when I watched it. And of course I was hooked because come on, it's it's so fun. Come on, it's so good. <laughs> and so as I do after I watch a show, I immediately go to Tumblr. And of course, the entire, all of Tumblr is obsessed with the show, just the bright colors. But like you mentioned, the shipping. Oh my God, the shipping. Reki and Langa, Cherry and Joe, and not even going to touch anything about the whole Adam and Tadashi stuff. It's it's a lot. So yeah, Reki and Langa, everyone shipped. That's surprises exactly no one. Cherry and Joe, also surprising exactly no one. Mm-mm. But also, let's be real, those two definitely dated in the past and are now exes who are f- trying to find any reason to not get back together, even though they both desperately want to. Regardless. Yeah. You know what? I see that one. Yeah. I Regardless. See that one. All of the setup is to say that the biggest cultural impact of this show is just the shipping fuel. I I have rarely seen a show where there's so much shipping fuel, especially for like a, like a straight to anime. This was not a manga beforehand. Like the only other show that I can think of off the top of my head would be like My Hero Academia, maybe. But yeah, yeah. just the, sh- the amount of shipping fuel that this show has put onto the internet is one of the funniest things to me. It's completely unsurprising. And just, I could almost see people foaming at the mouth with that conversation between Reki and Langa when they were re- they were rebuilding Langa's board. I don't remember what the episode is. Or um, I think in episode 10, when Langa says, I want to skate infinitely with you. That was, oh man. Yeah. And um, what is it? There's also an iconic line, I think. This is also in the dub where the voice actors says something like, where the uh, voice actor from Langa says, Reki, my love pause for skateboarding and of course the internet went crazy over that it just (laughs) everything everything about the show especially the dub is just shipping fuel and just yeah so the cultural impact for me at least for this show can be summed up as gay (laughs) and i love it and i'm allowed to say that i am gay and well everybody in that community will be very happy to know that season two is hopefully coming out soon yeah. So even more shipping fuel. And yeah. now that I understand it, now that I like am aware of it, yeah. I think I'll be more, no. whether more invested. Or not, whether or not it's canon doesn't really bother me that much, but I'm sure it'll bother a lot of people. But, you know, we'll see how it goes. And maybe we'll do a follow-up episode. We'll maybe see. we will. Yeah. All right. On to everyone's favorite section that we never prepare for, except this week we did, Song of the Week. So my Song of the Week this week is I'm Ready by Adam Melchor, who I'm seeing in concert next February when he comes to Boston. So that's very exciting. Woo. All right. Love concerts. Uh, mine is Just Wanna Rock by Lil Uzi Vert. Yeah, I got onto this one pretty late, but now I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. So, yeah. Bitches, bros, non-binary hoes, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Bye. This episode was written by Joy Gu and Rob Ferreira. Also edited by Joy Gu and produced and mixed by Rob Ferreira. Special thanks to the BU School of Communication for their studio and to Northeastern University. You can find Keylight on all podcasting platforms, and make sure to be notified of new episodes by following our Instagram and Twitter accounts, both at Keylight Pod. Thanks.